Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two musical artists whose names sound similar, but the music is different. This week we're talking about Tears for Britney Spears. I am Jared. Caleb. Tyler. I, I gave Jared a, a time stamp of about how long it takes for them to get to the first shout, and he was he was so close. I almost so close. It. I don't want to rush, but I also don't want to, you know, yeah, not we, hit that show. No, we're doing Tears for Fears, not Rush. Different yeah, band. That's true. Different band. Uh, and we are talking about Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears and Britney Spears. Tears for Fears and Britney Spears. Tears for Hashtag Britney free Britney. Spears. That's where we'll get to We'll that. get there. We'll get that. No hashtag for Tears for Fears, though. Uh, you know, I, this is, I think, one of the things that I was the most excited to talk about, oh. um, and I want to get it out right away. Yes. Of course, this is not the introduction for me to the group, because I think that um, they are a prominent enough group from songs from the big chair, and their big songs enough that it's not like, like I, uh, you're going to just know who they are. You probably heard their songs on, you know, the radio. <clears throat> you probably yes. heard their songs for a commercial, whatever it might have been. But when I first got into, when I first got into Tears for Fears, is when they were on Comedy Bang Bang. Ah, they were ooh. they were the very first episode of Comedy Bang Bang I ever listened to. It was Tears for Fears, and then uh, Reggie Watts was on, and then Paul F. Tompkins was playing the Pie Minister. This was back in 2014, if I remember correctly. Uh, and they're funny. Mm-hmm. They're two funny dudes. Mm. There were four of them at one point, but it's true. They have lost uh, two tiers. The the two the two tiers on the front of the the chair. They have one big chair, two guys in the big chair, two no longer sitting, both of which sitting are funny. They have a lot of uh, songs that people like. Yeah, they've got a lot of songs that people like. They're a band people like. You what you so you first heard them on when did you first hear them on Comedy Bang Bang? 2014. That's when I that's why I said that was when I first like got into them as a group. Like that was when I first like, yeah, like he knew the songs prior to that, but uh, didn't. Yeah. They were just another eighties band he didn't care about. Correct. That's kind of how they always have <clears throat> been for me. Until now. Until now. This week yeah. was the week that changed it. Uh they got some stuff that's good. People think they're good anyway. I looked at Pitchfork, sorry. And they think they're good too, so I guess I can't be Acting like they're not that good anymore. Oh, so I don't have a after, problem with pop music anymore. Either, anyway, as so. long as Pitchfork tells you, then it's okay. You got permission for from yep, Big. I got Big permission to be to say that it's okay. Thank God. Thank you, Pitchfork. <laughs> what did they give songs from the Big Chair? Eight point nine. That seems about right. It yeah. is a very good album. It is a good album. I it think is... they're both that and Seeds of Love is good. I haven't really listened to a whole lot of Hurting other than Mad World, which I much right. I actually prefer the gary jules version anyway because i think it's more eerie i might i might actually argue that that was the first time that i realized who tears for fears were as a group outside of just like like i've heard the songs but i don't really know who tears for fears are you yeah. know um because i was really into donnie darko mm-hmm. like as yep, a team that's what I was gonna say. and so i listened to that song and i was like oh it's a cover and so then i looked into who did the cover the cover is quite different yes Yes. It's def- like a hurt. Yes. It's very, Jerry it, Jules is very much the, the hurt of Tears for Fears. Yes. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. I don't want, 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want any confusion going on. No, absolutely not. Um, they also have a song called Head Over Heels, which is a good song, as well as the Go-Go's have a song called Head Over Heels. Mm. Kind of interesting, both uh, two 80s bands that have a song titled the same thing. It's true. It's true. It's like they have a lot of hit songs, like four, really. Four big, big songs. Yeah. Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Shout, Head Over Heels, and Mad World. Mm-hmm. And then Sowing the Seeds of Love was just kind of like a, it was there, but it never was really a huge song. But I like sure. that song as well, like Tyler said. But, um, I mean, their first two albums were really in the height yeah. for them. They they really mm-hmm. kind of tapered off. They were just kind of gone by yeah. the time the 80s was over. You know, Correct. they were an 80s group. Yeah. And so Songs from the Big Chair was in smack dab in the middle, which is when their hits were. Uh, and then the Seeds of Love was in '89. Yeah. So maybe by '91 they were broken up, right? Yeah, exactly. So that they you know, solved. Yeah. So they they were already not a part of the group. I think if I remember, yeah, if I remember correctly, Roland Orzabal, mm-hmm. Orzabal, yeah. he technically continued to be Tears for Fears throughout that like duration of time, whereas the other member, um, Kurt Smith, was not. If I remember correctly. Like they, they were like, you can, you are Tears for Fears. You can tour as Tears for Fears with other people, but Kurt Smith cannot. I'm not sure how that, I can't remember how that like shaped out the way that it did. Did you see um, where their name was inspired from? I thought I did, but please go ahead. It was inspired from a primal therapist. You know what oh. this means? Uh, primal therapy primal therapy developed by uh, american psychologist arthur yanov who has worked uh with john lennon and he was one of john lennon was one of his patients in 1970 and uh that when when orzabal from tears for fears finally had met mr yanov they were uh disillusioned to find that he had become quite "Quote unquote Hollywood," and wanted the band to write a musical for him, mm. which is very strange. Do, did you read into what primal therapy is? No, I did not. It's pretty much just some Freudian shit. Is mm. really what it comes down to. It's like, oh yeah, all of your trauma is based on like childhood past experiences. Don't have to Brian Wilson. Um, hmm? Brian Wilson. You know he, his his bouts with uh, therapy. Have you ever read about all this? No. Oh man, he was. Yeah, he's. They did he was like not... uh, like. Like electrotherapy on him, right? Oh no, we, I thought we talked about. Didn't we talk about Beach Boys? At one yeah, point? we did. Oh yeah, that's. It's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. That was back when the Dax days. Yeah. I think he made it. He might have brought the that, di- the dirty that, Dax days that stuff up. But yeah, the there's a movie that has John Cusack in it and Paul Dano where they both play Brian Wilson. Mm. I never watched. Yeah, it. it's a great movie. Have you seen? Is it good? No, I need to. I like Paul Dano it's and good. I like John Cusack. But how much of the um, of that time did they? kind of go over very much at all oh yeah i mean the john cusack plays uh the old not going to uh like the the not crazy can come leave my house in my bed mm-hmm. version and then basically paul dano plays if i'm remembering correctly Brian Wilson from like what during pet sounds all the way up to like the fall and when he begins having all of these issues because it talks about all of it because there's a period where mm. Brian Wilson never left his bed. Yes. Yeah. That's the uh, bare naked ladies have a song uh, called Brian Wilson. 
I oh yeah, I remember us talking about that one. That I that comes to mind for yeah. me. Maybe that was because it was the second time around that I heard it. Which mentioned. is interesting because we will uh, get to later the next artist we'll talk about uh, people that have mental illness that were mistreated by society who and sometimes she was bare naked and a lady mm. oh boy uh but brian wilson was that way mm -hmm. and uh other people are that way too she they also uh back to tears for fears their album songs from the big chair that name is also inspired by like uh form of, uh, like another disorder which is multiple personality disorder mm. um so that one uh it's based off of a mini series like a television mini series and that they that was something that the analyst was like the one who was in the big chair. So, mm. you know, you get it. Get it. Yeah. Did y'all listen to any of their, of the first band graduate? Did you listen to that? As a I song? did not. Oh, no. I did not know. What it's did you dumb. think about it? Oh, it's pretty good. I mean, it, it looks like it was uh like new wavy. So I'm sure that that probably yeah, really would like be pretty new well. wave Scott. It kind of could fit in today with some of the stuff going on. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's got a little bit of post punk to it. It's pretty okay. good, pretty good groove. I listened to it earlier today. Interesting. Yeah, but I. It's, uh, it's kind of weird where they went from there. That was before he had. You basically created an obsession with synthesizers. Yeah. After the, you know. So. I uh, I really have so I've listened to songs from Big Chair quite a few times. I think I have it on vinyl as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then obviously I've heard Mad World, and I think honestly that's about all I've heard from them. Like songs in the Big Chair, I knew was kind of obviously their big album. So I think that I've not really ever thought to myself, I should span out a lot from here. I'm surprised I've never listened to The Hurting because I assume that it probably sounds in some places like Mad World. I would have to imagine like um, it's a very direct sound to start with that like doesn't sound like a I don't like it doesn't sound like it would be a single like the very first single you would release, you know. Um, so I feel like maybe more of the album. I don't know. I can't. I, I didn't listen to it. I wish I did. But I stink. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, I I had not listened to Graduate. Uh, never listened to really anything from kind of their post popularity work because you know they they had reunions. They re like released. Uh, I think ninety three and ninety five were both album. Yeah, both albums that were released um, just through Orzabal, and uh, Smith was not a part of it. Or the two who. Um, did not last up to the point of them actually releasing uh, a whole lot. Um, and then they had the one revival album, which is everybody loves a happy ending, which of course, you know, mm. that was done for a good reason because that was the happy ending was that they were back together. Oh, uh, is that it? I think so. I saw that they uh, did a tour brief tour with the, uh, the band Spa Spandu ballet, mm -hmm. another eighties group. Um, <clears throat> they also had a, Side project, Roland Orzabal and Ian Stanley worked on a side project called Man Crab, and they released a song called Fish for Life that was uh, featured in the Karate Kid Part 2 soundtrack. Ooh. Kind of uh, interesting. You want to hear it? Uh, it's okay. Yeah, if you want to play, I don't care. I want to I hear some Man Crab. Yeah, listen to Man Crab.
Honestly, the opening like portion of that song sounds like the music you would hear while playing an old Sega Genesis song mm. or game, rather. Uh, yeah, I, I that has like that weird kind of like I'm walking through the city and I'm gonna beat up some people in a side scroller kind of kind of groove to it, you know. I was feeling it. I liked that. They were also in 1985 supposed to play at Live Aid, uh, where uh, Freddie Mercury uh, came back uh, from his time away from Queen after doing that weird stuff with Michael Jackson's uh, Monkey, which we mentioned before. Uh, but they had to, they pulled out of the historic event. I guess they had been billed to appear before they had even agreed to which doesn't really seem very fair to them. And they were replaced by George Thorgood and the Destroyers, who are a good band. Definitely on the same level. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. That's a good song. Yeah. I don't think good I know song. that song very Also well. Bad to the Bone. Yeah, that's the one that's uh, the most popular, but I like that. Who you love. That's where I would have made sense to go to, but I he, like that you started at a different yeah. point. He just played at the Grand Ole Opry a couple I weeks ago. Bourbon. He's pretty. He's still. Did he really? He's still going out there playing the guitar. He's pretty oh, yeah. good. My father is a Thurgood fan. Yeah. So I grew up. Grew up listening to the Thurgood. I also have another song that. Uh, um, so they were indirectly involved in the Band Aid song. Do they know it's Christmas? Which we've talked about, I think, on our Christmas episode. Um, but uh, they used a sample from the Tears for Fears song, "The Hurting." from their debut album in the introduction. Now, I listened to it, and I did not notice, nah, but maybe Caleb will notice, or the other listeners that are listening, but it wasn't super apparent to me. It's Christmas time. You said that was from the the first song, "The Hurting." Yes. Let's let's listen to that and see what uh what we catch from it. have been the percussion i don't know that's what i was like it wasn't apparent no nah. sampled that they were sampling that for this for that's what it says but Even i know it's christmas yeah so it says that the it featured a slowed down sample from the hurting on the band-aid single do they know it's christmas i think it's a mm. i think that they took the the loop of the, the drums. percussion they yeah. slowed down that and that's the repetitive beat that you hear is a slowed down mm. percussive beat from that song mm. i think i don't i i could be totally wrong and if somebody knows better than me tell us i thrive on being wrong yes he loves it i love it he loves being wrong what do you got okay what would be your favorite of the guess the big three songs all from songs from the big chair um because they're all quite shout. different is it shout shout's the best song yeah tyler do you agree no. Oh. Okay. 
Because, I mean, they, again, they're very different What's songs. What's the best song? Did he say no? I, everybody likes to rule the world's better. You might want to say it right. It's everybody, everybody wants, wants to, rule. to rule the world. They can like everybody it and to want it. Everybody likes to rule. Everybody likes it. They want everybody it, so they probably it. like everybody doing wants it. To rule the world. It's the pinky and the brain. A, I think it's a better song. I like it more. Hmm. They're, they're all three quite different because Shout is a little darker. Everybody Wants to Rule the World is a little bit more like celebratory. Like there's something really big feeling about that one. Head Over Heels is similar, but it sounds almost sadder. I don't know. I don't know. They always sound kind of sad. Yes. Something about his voice just always sounds kind of sad. <clears throat> yes. So. I just like the, the guitar on. Everybody Wants to Rule the World that has a cool guitar part that actually kind of like really fits into um, new pop a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like that guitar intro, that kind of reminds me of. It kind of reminds me of a little bit like always, the the tonality of guitar on always and stuff. Always what? The band, the band always. always. With like three, oh, I see. Okay, like three L's, right? Don't they have three L's? No, I thought it was they have a V. Two V's as a W. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. That makes sense. Yeah, something weird. That that makes. Sense. I thought it was like you were referring to like as a song, but that yeah. makes more sense now as the group. Yeah, the band always. Thank you for the clarity. I forget. Did you know they had some uh, covers in 2013? Because they, Jared, did you find I, the covers? Y- yes, I, I figured that maybe somebody might bring that. I, I had this uh, this note here about it. Do you want to say something? Well, they covered three songs um, for an EP. For well, yeah, I don't think it was originally supposed to be that way. I think they just got, they just did them, and because the first one was an Arcade Fire song. Yeah, ready to ready start. To start. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then it was available on SoundCloud, and then they put them together on an EP that was released on Record Store Day. So I'm not sure. I think they were just released as teaser singles because supposedly they were recording more music, the two of them at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't know that. I mean, nothing ever happened of it as far as I could tell. Well, I don't imagine that they probably planned to release another album. Otherwise, like it wouldn't be a happy ending. It would be a mm. whole different thing, you know? So well, the in 2013, other... there was a confirmation that they were writing and recording new music together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Orzabal was quoted as saying that one of, the, one of their pieces was a combination of Portishead and Queen. It's just crazy. That's what he oh, said. Oh, man. We're waiting. Yeah. The other songs that were on that EP, I, I, I don't want to listen. I don't want to gloss over what has happened on this EP. You see? Yeah, me either. Hot Chip. A song "Boy from School" and Animal Collective's yep. "My Girls," and the EP is called "Ready Boy and Girls" because each of the songs had that uh, that word, a word from that. So, "Ready to Start" is "Ready," "Boy from School" is "Boy," and "My Girls" is "Girls," and it's "Ready Boy and Girls?" Question mark. So, yep. that's a fun little. Uh, that's fun. They tried to stick with. Uh, seems like they can maybe try to. Other than I think the, uh, I think the uh, arcade fire one is the furthest from their genre yes. styling, you know. Yeah. But they tried. To I listened to the them. I listened to the arcade fire version and it was pretty yeah, what, interesting. What did you think of there? Did you both of you listen to that cover? I didn't listen to the covers. No, I saw that they had happened, but I never listened to them. I don't think the Ready to the Star cover is very good. Hmm. Especially compared to the original song, which is just much better. Jared, did you listen? I did not like it necessarily, but I can I understand what you're saying. I it it does it seems kind of out of. But the Ar- Arcade Fire are popular in the UK, 
So it kind of makes sense that they, that Tears for Fears would cover them to a certain extent. Um, I like Hot Chip, but, and I, but I don't, I didn't know that song and I don't know the Animal Collective song. So I was like, these are not ones I want to look at, like listen to, because I don't have any kind of basis for what the original sounded like. But I listened to the Arcade Fire one because I knew that song, but it was okay, I suppose. It was okay. I listened to a handful the other the other ones a little bit as well. I don't I don't know. It's all right. They just tears for fears that. But the thing about Arcade Fire is, like we know by how many members there are, how dense Arcade Fire's music is, and then this is really not dense. Mm-hmm. Um, most part, which is not an issue when you do it, but I think they just are kind of like lacking in some of the musical quality that's from the original that they've like kind of had to get stripped out because of the way they decided to do it. So one of the uh, probably the the most recent thing that anybody from Tears for Fears has done uh, is that there was a point in time last year where uh, Kurt Smith actually did a version of Mad World in the vein of the Gary Jules Donnie Darko version uh, while playing with his daughter. Hmm. It was uh, during the the COVID-19 pandemic, which of course is now over because everyone has taken off their mask, Uh and that means that it is no longer happening. Listen. It's not real. Let's play this song. Great. Going nowhere, going nowhere, and their tears are filling up their glasses. No expression, no expression. Have my head, I want to drown my sorrow. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. That's pretty. I like that. I like the uh, the the duo of that. Mm-hmm. The duet. Pretty good. I uh, I guess I sometimes forget that um, they kind of trade back and forth vocals. Like I not that you can't tell who's who. I suppose, but like when you're listening, you kind of just enjoy what's happening. You're not like, oh, that's Kurt Smith. Because that's he, he's the one who does the vocals on that song, but mm. he's not always the one who does lead vocals. Yeah. So he sounds quite quite good for his age, though. Mm-hmm, like he doesn't yeah. sound all that different from like what he would have sounded like well, forty years ago. The singing style isn't the type to like destroy your voice. That's true. You know, it, it's the type that's like it doesn't trash your voice, and it's not like um, a voice that's really like harsh and hard to sing in you know it's, a, sure. it's kind of a place where it can last like that i don't i don't know if they did that on purpose or it just was the style i don't know do we have anything else that we'd like to say about tears for fears i'll take that as a no well i think so don't don't cry about it we're getting to her let's 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 free the free the britney free your Britney, bitch. 
Yeah. Whoa. Michael Scott. Right there. Had to get it's it, it's a it's an immediately needed thing to do. Is you got to get yeah. that one out right away. Fourteen years of that expression, you know. I yeah, I guess it has been that long, huh? Yeah, two thousand seven. You feel like it would have been even longer, perhaps. You know. It's always odd. I I, sometimes that was toxic from two thousand and three, right? Yes, isn't that? It's uh, her. Her whole career is just always so strange to me. Just like from the very beginning, it's a very. She's a very interesting character to really get into, because uh, of course you associate her and will always associate with her. Um, the kind of like in sync Backstreet Boys. Uh, late 90s early 2000s really mostly late 90s pop music yes and she debuted in 99 so like she was really kind of like at the tail end ish she was at the height but she was like kind of coming on to like she basically came in at the peak i would say she came out the perfect time yes to kind of explode at the, the level that she did well yeah i mean Plus, we don't up and like you know these earlier groups that we think about in that world were men. There's no real female character. There's that, and then another one that came to mind for me was Christina Aguilera, who mm-hmm. was definitely someone who was prominent at the time, but not at the level of Britney Spears by any means. Yeah, uh, um, know, they kind of were. They kind of were dueling. Yeah. Yes. I mean, my memory serves correctly. They had. They were kind of like both prominent, and people. They were just like Backstreet Boys and. In sync in a way. Yeah. Someone, people like Christina and some people like Brittany. Yeah. I like them both. Yeah. Um, so Jared and I also, to you know, because obviously this is the early end, but we also went ahead and watched the, um, the, the popular recent Framing Britney Spears episode uh, on FX from the, the New York Times Presents, um, which kind of started to bring her back into the conversation which she really hasn't been. I mean, I, I think that people have been aware of some of the complications of what's been going on in her world for a few years, but I think that this documentary series, docu-series, really brought to light and reminded people of like, oh, this is weird. Why are why is this a thing that happened at all? And like, especially now where there's a lot more um, awareness about like, like it's not that we would see what was happening with Britney Spears. Maybe you should explain, not assume everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah, we should just just talk about what's happening. Okay, fine. Because so, you're like talking in well, circles. Okay, a bit. okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> Thank you, Dad. Uh, so early on in her career, there was a lot of period of time in which she was ridiculed and mocked when she was, um, I guess, breaking down emotionally from everything that was going on within her life from the paparazzi to uh, relationships being in the spotlight uh feeling like she wasn't good enough like so many different things uh were kind of weighing down on her and so mid mid 2000s by the way that's when we're talking yeah yeah mid 2000 area of time and that led to a situation in which she is now under a conservative conservatorship yes with um where she base it's court mandated she effectively does not have control over a lot of the decisions she makes financially and creatively uh which you know is a lot of the decisions that she would want to make 
Uh, and that is still happening to this day. And typically those, as they discuss in Framing Britney Spears, without taking all of their information, uh, is typically uh, used for like an older individual who cannot um, take care of themselves because they have gotten so old that they sure. might have lost some of their capacity yeah. to do such or a thing. Or someone who develops via injury or otherwise uh, some type of a like specifically debilitating mental issue. Certainly. And this uh, is not the like case that. for Britney Spears. She just... No, she's just a normal person. Yes. And so there's truly absolutely no Even if reason. it was at the beginning, it's not anymore. Yeah. Like, that's the other well, it's problem. Been 13 I know. Years. That's what I'm saying. Like, what? Yes. What so, is like, happening? You could... Even if you make the argument that at the beginning of it, uh, it was justified because of all the things that were happening at the time. Sure. She, it was when she drove with her baby in her lap. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, with she, the shave head. she shaved her head. She hit a paparazzi's uh, vehicle with an umbrella. Mm -hmm. Like there were various things that she did that were questionable at that time. Yeah. Where you could, if you were trying to control her money, uh, which she had a lot of, justify this conservatorship which is unprecedented uh, to a certain extent uh to have somebody her age and her level of success under a conservatorship that is uh her father was is in charge of this at least she was he was at the beginning mm -hmm. i think he has stepped down from it or is less he has less control than he did right originally um now a, a some lawyer has control and a bank has some control mm -hmm. it's very strange and she's asked for it to end for a long time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Both behind closed doors and uh, a little bit in front of the camera, but mostly like behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, but the thing, yeah, but not anymore. No, not I know. As of like the past two weeks, especially. Well, not as a like. Yeah. Literally yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. She, that's right. Yesterday. She um, had where they put the uh, court uh, uh, audio where you could hear her talking to the judge and basically requesting this to be taken away and how she all of her a lot of her rights have been taken away they put a uh, uh what's it called IUD uh IUD yeah uh, in her so that she could not have children yeah which is strange to do to a 40-year-old woman yeah and they uh, won't let her take it out. Oh, not well, not 40-year-old woman not 40 year old. that's another weird weird she's aspect 39. of all of it too yeah she's not even 40 yet like when you think yeah. about her you think about how she would have but she started so young, yes. and all of this happened in like her mid twenties and early twenties, yeah. early to mid twenties, when like you know people do some like silly stuff, mm. some like especially when you're in that position. Like I mean, think about if it was the case that Billy Ray Cyrus was now over Miley Cyrus for some of the things that oh she my. has done over the last few years. Oh my, you know God. what I mean? And like it would be the same like age range. Yeah. Um, and you could even argue that like Miley Cyrus has done quote unquote more outrageous things than what like Britney Spears has done, you know, like right. you could argue it potentially, but the point or Justin is Justin Bieber, people like that. I mean, yeah, yeah it's sure. been a Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, all these people that so have many. had, uh, breakdowns, uh, mm -hmm. in their mental health in front of the world, basically. Mm -hmm. But Britney Spears is the only one that has had such repercussions come from it. Yeah. And such like the thing is, is that she under a conservatorship, um, it means that you are not able to care for yourself. Right. Basically. But she has been working since the time of this. She's had right. albums, world tours, uh, a residency in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. So it's like she her her and everybody else is like if she cannot 
care for herself, how can she continue to work and make money? And right. the other problem with the conservatorship thing is because her money uh, is in control of the conservatorship, her money goes to uh, the the conservatorship that she does not want. Right. So it's going to the lawyers that are fighting to keep her mm-hmm. under the conservatorship. Like, the whole thing is so whacked out. Yeah. It doesn't and, make any sense. And yeah, the other part not. of it, too, is is that, and they talk about this again in Framing Britney Spears, is that they even, to a degree, view this as a business venture. They, yeah. like, they are, I mean, there's no, there's no way to get around the conversation that, like, Britney Spears is being used. Like, the fact that they have her under thumb the way that they do and that they're making her go make money like this, they they have effectively enslaved Britney Spears in, in, in like to do their bidding, to make money for them, and then continue to hold her hostage in this situation with no ability, I mean, legally no ability to get away from it. It's insane. Right. At oh, the yeah, time... She has no, the only way she can do is challenge it in court. There's no other... You don't have yeah. a... Which is also crazy because, like, the legal out is saying, like, I've got this. And, like, they, I mean, there's no way that you could argue that her, as a not even 40-year-old woman, at this rate in her life, is not able to take care of herself to the rate where we would have to have her in such a position. There's nothing in this world that they could do to prove otherwise. Like, they could watch her for probably 30 minutes and say, I think she seems okay. I think this is fine. Well, even so, how how did anyone, her father or whoever, said it? How do you set up a conservatorship in perpetuity over a person in that stance, anyway? Like, how was it when they set uh, set it up? There wasn't some type of a clause as like you, this like a conservatorship timeline. will last yeah. until this. You know what I mean? Until mm-hmm. she proves yeah. that she is. You know, but there's not. It's that's just the like problem. That, and she has yeah. to challenge it to get out of it. That's yeah. the problem uh, with conservatorships. Is it's not really built for this. Um, I, I feel like most of the time it expires when people expire, you know, like that's kind of how it's made. Sure. Uh, but in this case, there was really no, like once this happened, because the, uh, what on the documentary they're talking about how the person that can end the conservatorship is the conservator. So that would be her father. And he would have to say, I no longer want control of this situation. Why would he do that? If he is gaining financially from it and doesn't have to do anything. I mean, at the time, you could, they made the argument, and it worked enough where obviously the conservatorship happened, where she needed it at that time. I mean, she she had gone to a rehabilitation center. She was being controlled uh, to a certain extent by a guy she was seeing that uh, kind of tried to take over the management role of her career. I don't remember his name. It doesn't really matter. He was some kind of dude, and he got actually um, a... Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, what's that thing called where you can't see somebody? A restraining order. Restraining order. Yes. They they took out a restraining order against this guy, um, who was in a bit of a. I don't know if they ever were actually in a relationship, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. Then she also lost uh, uh the rights to her children. She had fought for sole rights of her kids with Kevin Federline. The mm-hmm backup yep. dancer who she married mm-hmm. and he yes. fought for he he countered and fought for um the uh, rights to the children and which is just wild that someone would let that man yeah take care of children yep well what happened like, let's be real 
he was supposed to get uh, like it, you know, like it was supposed to be his time, and she refused to give the kids to him, and like boarded them up in the house, and so that was one of the reasons, one of the catalysts for her losing the rights to her children is that you know. So it's like I understand, I agree with what you're saying to a certain extent. Like on the uh, surface, it appears like he is not a good maybe uh, person to raise children, but. If you're in the middle of a court battle for the rights to your kids, probably holding them hostage in the eyes of the court is not... It's not wise. It's not going to help you in any way. No. So, like, I mean, like, there are things that happened in this time that were brought up in the documentary that, you know, like, not not to play devil's advocate, but it's like, this all happened for a reason. The problem is that it's happened in 2021... And it's still like it's not the the conservatorship you could argue was justified at that time if it was saying you need to get better in six months then you can have your life back whatever right. it was. That's that what was I'm never the, the, that was never discussed the That's only the problem. thing is is that like and I, and I hear you saying like devil's advocate into things but this has never been and likely never will be the first step that you would take in these circumstances. No, probably not. You would maybe have like, and like, it's not even a case that they were like, like, cause you couldn't even argue like a rehabilitation like uh center because what, no. are, what is she rehabilitating from? Somebody was a very good lawyer. Yes. Like absolutely. Jamie Spears, the father mm-hmm. got in touch yes. with somebody that got him a really good deal in this situation. No well, question asked. Because like once, uh, go ahead, Tyler. Once you get the lawyer, and the lawyer wins, and you have the conservatorship. You now have control of the money to pay the lawyer. Yeah, that's correct. And so, of yeah, course, again, money. we're talking someone who's worth right. sixty million dollars. It's so, her money. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's her money. But I mean, like, of course, you got a good lawyer because any lawyer who can like win this conservatorship case knows he's getting paid for sure. Oh, for and sure. And she basically, uh, within the last few years, basically said, "I'm not going to continue to work while this is happening." And so, you know, like maybe once the money runs out. Then they'll end it, but which is not really the way it should be. No, but I mean, definitely there, not. There's still royalties and and things like that that I'm sure they're raking in some money for. But Certainly. she's just not worth as much as she will be, you know, as she was before. And the thing that's going to be really sucky is once this thing ends, if she, I don't want to use the word washed up, but if she, you know, is past her prime for her to be able to financially, you know, like make the most out of her talent. Because she was, you know, like stuck in this thing. But I don't think it really matters to her at all. I don't, at this point, no. There's no, almost no. no way. I think that I'd have to take a wild swing and say that I bet Britney Spears is way more concerned with just having financial freedom and like personal freedom than like, I wanna go make more music. Yeah. I'm sure that's that's gonna be a, a, a lit album when she gets out Not of this. Not just that, but I think like, that her. Um, tell all like, stories and all that like like the, the yeah, whatever we'll tour she, she's able to go on mm-hmm. where she's not controlled by this right. mm-hmm. will be very successful and she'll be able Certainly. to you know like be happier than she's ever been you know especially like especially especially given the fact that like there's so much um awareness of it now yes like when this came out like it was crazy to see and like, i mean it, it makes sense because again of like a lot of the commentary and the way that society works now compared to the mid 2000s where a Britney Spears is no longer viewed as the butt of the joke for being in this position. It's a concern. And when you look at a Justin Timberlake, 
who was under fire when this documentary came out because it started to kind of show that he kind of took advantage of this situation to better his own career, who, let's just go ahead and say, is one of the biggest musicians of the last, like, 20 years because yeah. of, like, some of these things that have led to him being so popular. He's and, addressed like, that as well, actually. Sure. sure. But uh, point being is is that, like, you know, now we can see him not as, like, the hero who got away from Britney, but, like, a person who's culpable in this situation. Oh yeah. And most, I mean like even like the little details of like, we can all very clearly remember the leave Britney alone, like Chris Crocker. Guy. Yeah. The Chris yeah. Crocker video. That was like the absolute funniest thing to people for like a, like a whole year mm -hmm. because at this point YouTube had such a long lifespan because there were only like six videos that mattered a year. So mm -hmm. like, like a meme actually lasted for more than like 12 seconds. Um, but like, this isn't like, it wouldn't really be a joke now. We'd be like, no, you probably would be that upset if all of this was happening. And you realized that like, people are like literally tarnishing this person left and right in the media to their face in the paparazzi, everything. Like, I bet they're not feeling too great guys. I bet that they would have a bit of a, a quote unquote mental breakdown, you know? And I think that now that we're at that place in time, I think that the support that she has at a, at a, at a wide reaching level will definitely see her having hopefully a better quality of life once she can get away from all of this terrible mess. Well, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, I'm concerned about the path of getting of like dealing with her kids. Sure. As well. I think she has custody now cause uh, she's on uh, Instagram and such. I did and, see uh, them with her. I was yeah. hoping that, that was okay. That was a part of the documentary as well. So they showed some videos of her. Because that was another thing that happened a few, like a couple of years ago, is people were quote unquote concerned about Britney Spears and her videos because she was doing some real weird stuff in it. And people were trying to take uh, like subliminal messages from her Instagram and such, um, which maybe weren't wasn't there, maybe was there. The one person that was on the documentary was like, if you're looking for that, you'll find it, you know, like, which is a hundred percent true. You know, if yeah. you're looking for a conspiracy theory and your idea is I'm going to find this conspiracy, you know, like there's something here, then there mm -hmm. is going to be, but I mean, there's so much like interesting stuff. We've spent a lot of time on this documentary, which certainly, uh, I was going to actually just move away from it. Like just so we had some time to talk, but go ahead and finish yeah. your thought. Well, that's, uh, that was the whole thing was the move. So, okay. I mean, I see you're scrolling through her uh, Wikipedia page and there's the, the Madonna situation. Mm -hmm. She got her start um, and Mickey Mouse Club, which is kind of cool. Yep. And uh, she had, she's been in films, uh, Crossroads, which is a uh, panned film, mm -hmm. which uh, we, there's, sh we should have watched. There's that. truly so much to talk about with Britney Spears, where like the unfortunate part is, is that all of this is so hyper relevant, like yeah. what's going on, that it's hard to like. I guess like really have fun with the Britney Spears conversation yeah. and be like, I mean, like, the thing is, like, remember that time that she kissed Madonna and Christina uh, Aguilera yeah. and everybody uh, on the, like, like that is something that like we would typically talk about, yeah. but it's just not that important right now. You know? Yeah. But the thing right. is, is that she has a lot, she has a lot of fans that are advocates for her right now. Uh, there's the hashtag free Britney movement going on right on Twitter yep. and such. And there's in the documentary, there were like hundreds of her fans that were like, protesting outside of the court with uh, their pink shirts and such so it's like we we are not uh we are not the the successful advocates 
Like this show is not going to do anything no, to bolster her ability to be freed from it. Certainly not. So it's like I I I, I want people that are listening to this, the five of you. Uh, <laughs> hey, to, five of you. To uh, thirteen. Yes. To like under like know what's happening if you whether you care or not doesn't you know it's it is out you know but I'm sure that you've seen some things but we probably opened up some more details certainly but uh but yeah like I mean and I think that I, one thing too is with like like you could spend more time on like other things too I think a lot of what happened with Britney Spears uh, in terms of like the really interesting bits about her life were so heavily like um put into the perspective of everyone in society that like talking about them, it would be like, well, we already remember this. This happened like 20 years ago because again, like the Mickey mouse club, like the video for oops, I did it again. Oh, like all the, like the video for toxic is fire. <laughs> I was rewatching the video for toxic. Yeah. It is fire. It's a good video. Ugh. It is. You know what? I oh just rewatched it the other day too, because I read a, um, an interview with, um, Oh, dang it. Oh, dang it. Hang on. Carson Daly. Kate Nash. Goodness. Um, mm, she's good, okay. too. Uh, okay. Yeah, she is good. She did an interview for the release of uh, the second her second album, whatever came out after Made of Bricks. Something about my best friend. Anyway, yeah. she did a song on there where the music video is based off of that toxic music video. Oh, really? They're all stewardess on a plane. Yeah, but it's nice. not as like risque kind of, you know. Right. It's, not, it's the Kate Nash way, not the Britney way, but... Well, it's yeah. it's risque, but also like she's portrayed like in this kind of. I think that the nice thing about that one, and really just her in general, and I think it's what uh, pe why people see Britney Spears as an empowering individual, is because, and she talks about this briefly in the the documentary, is that she's always been very well perceived as like a powerful woman. You know, like she's yeah. kind of a shy person in real life, but like that video is a good highlight of like like she's like a spy who's like kicking ass. And like mm -hmm. looking great while she does it, and it's like she jumps like, out of an airplane, lands on the back of a motorcycle. Yeah, oh, wow. like what? Holy crap, that's cool! Like it's like uh, like super actiony, and it uh, makes her not look like I guess like this kind of um, like that um, princess in the castle kind of image that we have for typically in the limelight women uh, in society, especially at this point in time. Like seeing images of powerful women was not the norm in the you know, early to mid 2000s still. You know who was the most woman, powerful woman in the time of our growing up was Beyonce. She always looked powerful. But even, I mean, I would say that she's similar to a Britney Spears in that regard, but yeah. even she has transcended that way more over the last, oh, yeah. you know, 10 years and has gone above and beyond in terms of that. She's a lion now. That's right, she is. She's a lion. She's a queen. Um... Yeah, there's so much that like you could get into with Britney Spears, but again, like so much of it, I guess people are aware of, and so this again, like you can go watch the documentary. You probably could skip our whole podcast, but oh, I, I might now. <laughs> you might. You already did technically. No. What? We skip didn't skip it? the episode. You're here, so yeah, I'm here. So, well, real quick, actually, this is maybe the last, the worthwhile thing. Do you like her music? Yes. Do you like it's her okay. music? Yeah, I think it's all right. Okay. She has a lot of big songs, like. Oh you yeah, know, like we we have you know five that we put in the playlist or whatever. But mm. I think I put eight songs. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, you could do it way more than that easily. I like. I think my favorite maybe Britney Spears song, and it, it's very fitting uh, for her, is the song "Lucky." 
I, I was gonna say that one I love is what the song Lucky, too. and it's like literally like it's my it's, favorite. Song it's too. a cry for help in a pop song. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like she's so you know, lucky. She's a star, but she cries, cries, cries. Like we're all you know just my it's, it's to that. Do what? I had a mini clip of that. You remember mini clips? I do. Yeah. What's or the mini clips? Hit clips. Oh uh, yeah, from like the from a drive through. Yeah, from the from McDonald's. You know, they had a little player, and you had the. Uh-huh. I had a hit, hit clip that had Britney Spears "Lucky" on it. Oh that's pretty gosh. great, honestly. I bet that's worth just so much money at this point. Oh, my still have it. oh yeah, I bet you I can find it too. And that that's where I found that should be the outro. Uh, did you? I, I want to talk about uh, the song "If You Seek Amy." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. Uh, may I real quick? It's spelled um, I F space U space S E E K space A M Y. If you seek Amy, if you seek Amy, which uh, sounds like fuck me. <laughs> F U C K me. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so this song <laughs> doing the math in your head. Math with with letters. Math with words. I remember this song coming out. Tell me again how it. Huh? If you seek Amy. F U C K me. You see, yeah. it's on the album Circus, and I remember it coming out, and I thought it was a, a good song, and I knew exactly like, I w- I was old enough to know, what was happening, but it's like, it, you know, like uh, it, it pl- you'll play uh, just play a little bit of it, I guess. Okay. But uh, it had some issues because they didn't like that it was on the radio, and parents were complaining that their kids were singing along to uh, that which you know it's like the tiktok trend now of yep. like kids doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing yeah but uh yeah play the song so that people can know what what she's singing here It's really quite great. It's like the first yeah. song that Lady Gaga never wrote. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like one of those things where if you look at like the influence of Britney Spears, that one is one of the most prime examples. Is just like the height of the like late 2000s to early 2010 like pop stars of like the Katy Perry's, the Lady Gaga's, so on, so forth, forever and ever. They wouldn't have been nowhere had it not been for Britney Spears being oh, yeah. like in the position she was. Yeah, just like the sure. the the visual music video stuff. Like Katy Perry took a lot from mm-hmm. like uh, in the "I Kissed a Girl" video. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of you can tell the influence of Britney Spears. Oh yeah, and they kind of come from the same background of uh, like religious parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think the Britney Spears ever like was trying to be a Christian singer. Like Katy Perry did, right? But I, I think that a lot of like kind of their uh, careers kind of match in, a, in, a, in an interesting way. I can see that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like a little. Go ahead. Well, I got a little fun fact for you. The if you see Amy was on the FIFA '09 soundtrack. Oh my god! Makes me think of soccer every time. <laughs> oh my gosh! How did they? Why did they do that? I don't know phenomenal i think it would be fun to find like the weirdest songs that are on like game soundtracks or even just like movie soundtracks like uh i think that would be a fun little thing find just some some of the weirdest things 
for later. A bonus episode, if you will. If you will. But we are on this episode, and I'm thinking we're at that point. Ugh. I know. There's so many mm. more things we could say about our friend, Britney Spears, but I think we got we to gotta decide who is the better band. This is difficult uh, because Tears for Fears have a good, like, the problem with them, to a certain extent, is their lifespan was too short. Like, you could really say they only had, like, three albums that really had big hits, whereas Britney Spears has kind of transcended um, music for a long time, two decades, damn near. Mm-hmm. So, I will select, I think I'll pick Britney Spears, surprisingly. Tyler? It is kind of difficult, I think, as well, but I think I'm going to have to use a similar logic to you, Jared, and say Britney. Believe it or not, I agree. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, that's the one that I, I, mean, I, I knew you would pick Britney Spears, but you knew I would? Oh, yeah. You're a, you're a total fanboy. Well, I'm not a total fan. Uh, Stop. You're uh, embarrassing yeah. me. No, I like, I mean, when I was younger, I hated her. Yeah. I hated yeah, her. Yeah, me too. Like, me too. That was the standard. I mean, because, but I think that, like, not to keep down this train, I think we were, like, almost trained to hate her at that age. You yeah, know? you're like, probably when, right. Like, when we were, well, like, at, in our teenage years. Standpoint. Yeah, it's true. But like in her teenage years, we would have seen her as like this like insane person who uh, shaved her head because she's stupid and crazy and whatever. Like from the perspective that society would have painted her as. When did this? We happen? would have like, never had two thousand seven ish. Uh, two thousand six, two thousand seven. So like, but I mean, yeah, teens. We would have been teenagers. Yeah. So like, we would have seen. But she's, that would have had punk. like three she's albums. Not punk at all. No, she's not punk. Uh, right, that's my point. That's why I didn't. That's why I hated her as a teenager. Yeah, if only she was Franz Ferdinand, you would have liked mm. her so much. She's well, see, uh, well, they're uh, not punk either. Avril well, Lavigne was the anti Britney Spears, basically. Like, true. She came out and she was the anti right. Christina Aguilera, anti Britney, anti Mariah Carey. Basically, was almost the same thing. Yes. I know, I know. Listen, you I know. know, I know this. Br- Britney was seeking Amy, and she was just looking for a skater boy. Oh boy! And then she true. said, as we all know. Hey, Chad Kroger, I'm going to marry you. Oh, my um, oh boy. Didn't she dance with that big snake? <laughs> <laughs> she did. Oh, yeah, Brittany did. Yeah. Not Avril. But, uh, so... Not Avril. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say Brittany because... not And, like, I love Tears for Fears. I think they're a great group, but I do think that a lot of their hits are relegated kind of to one album where I think that Britney Spears has kind of transcended in terms of, like, just the height of how uh, how much of an impact she's had. And she's got some pretty good songs. She doesn't have any good albums, but she does have good songs on her albums. Right. Like, I, I just looked at, uh, I remember when Blackout came out in 2007, mm-hmm. and I like the song Gimme More. That's a good song. Um, Blackout was pretty well-received, uh, actually. And uh, what was the other song I liked? The second track, maybe? Um, Piece of Me. That was a pretty good song as well. Mm. But, like, because that was the time, I think that was the first thing that I liked when I um, was older that I was like, okay, this is like Britney Spears, so it's pretty decent. But like in hindsight now, I mean, I liked Oops, I Did It Again sure, and things like that. Yeah. But I agree with Caleb where like we both hated her music. Because, Tyler as well. You know, Tyler as well. But now you appreciate it. Yeah. Which we do now for most 90s things because yeah. uh, the nostalgia and the fact that kind of the current stuff. I'm current, a 90s baby. The current pop stuff is, is not as creative or whatever you could argue that's a whole different conversation we will not get into instead we will talk about how patreon voted because patreon uh disagreed with us on this occasion they voted for tears for fears yes uh patron jamie 
said Tears of Fears put out two of the best 80s songs. Yep. The real question must be which of the two or which two of the three like songs from the big chair are, are the ones unless they're referring to Man World. I'm Jamie, Man World. please reach out. We want to know what are the 80s songs you're referring to, but it's fun to say it's Britney, bitch. Oh, yeah. Yep. Kind of get one more in. Go more. And they said it's going to be a fun episode, and I, I think I agree. Hmm. Going to be. It's going to be May. But it has. Don't you bring him here. He's not welcome anymore. He's getting a bad rap a little bit. <laughs> well, but maybe. He did. He did kind of. If you feel bad about that, Jerry, guess what you can do? I don't know. Cry me a river. Oh, uh, yes. Ooh. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the talking intro, you fool. You asked for this. I didn't. Uh, this is a good song. Early morning. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. We've talked about Britney Spears quite a bit and uh, Free Britney, hashtag. Next week, we're talking about Semi-Sonic Youth. Uh, this episode is closing time. That will be our last episode because of that song, of course. Okay. Enjoy this song. Goodbye. Sliding, bruh. God.